0: G'day, Kevin Hillier here, and a very special edition of the Late Show Library coming up this week. The great names of football, Ablett, Aylett, Barassi, Bartlett, Blythe, Dunstall, Carey, Goods, Hart, Herd, and Sheedy. And that's the one I'm talking to. The one and only Kevin Sheedy joins me for a chat about his brand new book. It's called The Icons of Footy, The Greatest Players and Coaches of My Lifetime. And I sat down and had a chat with Kevin about that very subject. Goals, can roll? He can
1: come off the moment, come off the champion. Bartlett and uh, Magra having a battle there, but it's Bartlett getting around Magra. Look at the little champ go. Coming around the boundary line, going for goal number seven. That's the there. Uh, oh, they feel they've got a chance here, and that's the man they need to move it quickly too. Franklin wheels around. Has it got the carry?
0: They think so. Carole! Roberts,
1: you beauty, and Kerry again, the mark of a champion match. Matthew Matthews spins out beautifully, left foot snapshot is pretty close, he's got it, what a goal!
0: Hello Kevin, how are you?
1: Well, very good, very good, it's always great to be... Um Up and about and and enjoying your life because uh, you can do that in Australia most of the time. Yeah, so it's pretty good from that point of
0: view. How is life? How how busy are you at the moment? I mean, you're launching a book, obviously, but how busy are you under normal circumstances when you don't have a book to launch?
1: Very, very busy. Yeah, so it's very awkward to uh, get books out in uh, my life at the moment because, um, you know, I'm I'm probably traveling around Australia a hell of a lot and a few times overseas but when you're on a plane, you can get your, um, your thinking hat on and yep. sort of write a lot of notes down about some of the things that I think that I would like to let go. And, of course, one of the books, uh, like this one, the icons that I like uh, in my life, people that I loved over my period, it's good to write about them and go and get some. Um, so what's the comments.
0: process for you? Do you come up with the idea and mm, then, cool. then do you start to do notes and then do you, exactly. you sit on the computer or do you yeah. handwrite? I mean, Maxie no, no. Walker used to famously handwrite his books.
1: Well, I do um, a lot of writing. Yeah, I love writing, and it actually makes you become a better writer. Yep. And uh, so you can understand your own writing for a start, and <laughs> other people can. but And then I, I sit down with uh, Warwick, and then we make a plan, uh, get to a uh, publisher. Well, a firm's been publishing my books, and they've done very, very well with them. And, um, and so from that point of view, you – put your thoughts into what you would love people to read in a book about what they may forget or they might not even know. You know, yep. like, um, Classic cases uh, in this book is uh, Michael Tuck's career. Michael Tuck's career is just incredible. When I interviewed Royce Hart, I mean normally quite, I'd try, like to try to... Was that and, on a quiet. boat? You did Royce on a boat? We did Royce yeah. on, the, on the ferry, yeah. Yeah, we're going down the Derwent River and he just wanted to explain to me where he lives and and we had a, some bomber fans down there that had a big boat, so we just slipped off that. Uh, Brent Croswell's on the boat, so and they didn't had not met much, and they both oh, okay. live in Hobart. They both live in Hobart. is yeah, yeah, look, it's incredible, really, when you think about it. But there, a lot of people are shy and and quiet, and they don't need to be out there on the on the. Tap dancing on the floor in their life, so that's good. And so I like to bring that out. And I had no idea Royce uh, lived in the middle of Tasmania before we ended up going down to Hobart's area. So, and you know, just catching a you know hitchhiking to school every day, thirty-five miles. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So we just get these stories out of the Shire, quite a type of legends and icons they are. Some of them may not become legends in the AFL, but that's why I put icons in there because I want to look at it a different way.
0: Yeah, you want it to be the, the lesser appreciated footy heroes. Well, sometimes heroes. they
1: are. Yeah. Sometimes, some of them are legends, but and some of them may not become legends because they have their certain rules in the AFL. I mean, Jason Dunstall to become the third-highest goal goalkeeper in the history of the game. And he's in the inner suburbs of Brisbane, yep. which is totally a rugby league story.
0: Don't shoot the fat one was the famous
1: oh, Yabby Jean story. Walsh. Yeah, that was an incredible one, that one. So, um, anyway, look, they're the sorts of fun stories that happen. Um, of course, Barry Robram's a classic, you know, uh, because he, he loved um, playing his cricket as well as footy. Yep. I practice matches. Didn't believe in practice matches. Those yep. sorts of things. and opening the batting, free state.
0: Now it's called the icons of footy. Could it have been called the flawed geniuses of footy? In many cases, is that what um, is that what a lot of these blokes are?
1: No, no, I, I don't. I don't really think they're flawed geniuses. They're, they're, many of them are geniuses. Um, might, well, or two might be flawed somewhere, but you know, no one's perfect hardly. So I never look at it from that point of view. I always look at it from a point of view that. Um, I mean, my kids would not have known that Ellen Aylett batted for Victoria, captained North Melbourne, got them their first couple of premierships, and then went on to become you know then went on to become a person that ran the AFL and yep. then changed it to yep. the VFL to the AFL. And he's still very really yeah. heavily
0: involved in local footy and yeah, all that sort well, of stuff. He's, he's he not
1: does. well at the moment, but he's just from my point of view, he's just one of the great leaders of our game. And but. He, Probably will never become a, a legend in the AFL.
0: No. You, you yeah. mentioned in the book that there's a few obvious ones you left out.
1: Hmm. That, oh, well, I'll you'll do get, a series eventually. To, yeah. yeah. That you'll get yeah, to. Well, it. I, well, he can't put them all in a book. No. Because uh, otherwise I'd have Hafey front of, <laughs> up. <with Hayfie laughs> and uh, Lockett and all the blokes I always enjoyed, obviously. So you've got to be sparingly thinking of that it's an Australian game, not a Victorian-centric game. So we looked at obviously well the boys out of West Australia like Cable and um, Farmer and Buddy. Yeah. I mean they're Indigenous boys and and two of them or three of them are all Noongas from one one uh, tribe and nation of uh, yep. Aboriginal people over there, but that live between um, G- Geraldton and Esperance. So Buddy's coming up to his one thousandth goal next year. Yeah. He'll be the first Aboriginal to ever kick a thousand goals. Yeah. That's, uh, that's in its own self at 160 years of footy. It's a sensational effort.
0: In the, in the start of the Adam Goods chapter, you talk about what people said to you about Indigenous players and the problems that you would have with them and all, yeah. all those things and uh, pretty much steering you away from them.
1: Oh, absolutely. But that would happen most of my life. When I say that, I mean most of my life before I thought, no, that, that's got to be wrong because I'm watching Yvonne Goolagong and, and win at Wimbledon. So there must be discipline. There must be a dedication. They must handle travel. They must handle cold weather moving mm. around the world. <laughs> and all of these sorts of things have, that have been flicked it to your mind. Yesterday, I had a, my uh, Lionel Rose boxing gloves, and he went to fight, you know, fighting Harada in um, Tokyo to become the Bantamweight champion of the world. Now, you couldn't get more to an Yvonne Gulagong, mm. you know. So these sorts of people, incredible.
0: What... Changed for you what clicked in you that you thought this was a this was it almost became a an obsess not an obsession yeah. well, obsession nearly did, uh, nearly did a yeah. little bit,
1: to be honest because I wanted to just get rid of the the barrier and the and the, the ridiculous negativity that was happening and and as you're growing up the one when the one thing that the nuns actually sort of teach you is, is <laughs> can you just care about people yeah. that are struggling and that sort of Christian upbringing sort of does help you when you say, well, let's have a look at this. This is ridiculous. And um, well, every time we went to Darwin, they beat us. I had a board member come up and say to me one day, he said, um, why do they beat us? And I said, because they're very good. <laughs> and you got to, you just got to common sense, tell the truth. And yep. Because they're very, very good. They play a different way than what we do here in Melbourne. And uh, they use the ball well. They hardly ever sort of bomb a ball. And I remember, you know, one day... Michael Long kicked at the space, and no one. So my other sister coaches say, "Well, Michael, go and find out what's what's he doing." We didn't pick up in the box. Was that you know no one was leading? The only way you're going to get the big forwards to run is to kick it out there and say, "You're you're (laughs) going to run, I'll make you run." A very smart way. Look at it. So a lot of the great players teach coaches how to coach. You know. So I've got three great tall marking players in the goals where thinking they're going to take the specky of the year and win the car, and Michael say, uh-uh, "I'm kicking it to no yeah, one." Run. And you start leaving when I get the ball, you better run. Very smart.
0: Uh, and, so, and so were you to kind of uh, from a cunning and, and I mean everyone's always talked about how cunning you are, but from a cunning point of view, you worked out that they were going to be good for you. Not only were oh, you going to be absolutely. good for them, but they were going to be good for well, you
1: because they play a different game. I mean, how ridiculous would you be to think that you could teach Michael Long how to play football when he's actually teaching you and your team a fair bit about footy? And then along comes Wayne And he's like a huge vacuum cleaner, just sucking up a ball, running around like a... I've never (laughs) seen a bloke run so far, so well, so low. Yeah. And uh, very rarely made mistakes, you know, Kevin.
0: Yeah. Ablett, the Ablett name. I mean, you talk about iconic families in the uh, in the book as well. You do a little chapter on that at the end where you talk about some amazing people I must admit I didn't know of. Um, well,
1: Ablett and Tuck are in the same book and yeah. their brother-in-laws. Um, this is yeah, the they, first time yeah, ever they're ever in the same book. People, too. So the book has a lot of different connections, you know, that I like to connect because everybody talk about Gary Ablett because he's a freaky sort of player, let's be honest. But <laughs> Michael Tuck, uh, you know, 11 grand finals every – Every 40 games he played in the grand final, Michael Tuck.
0: That's staggering.
1: Over 400 games. It's staggering. It's yeah. incredible. It's yeah. an amazing effort. And win seven, which is the most ever, but no one would know it. And four is captain, which they wouldn't know that. Hmm. So you'll get, you know, obviously Don Scott or Dermot or Dunstall or Lee. Where's Michael? He's just, you know, they just put him on the wall frame over there, at the back of the uh, kitchen door and... And he's a very, very, very
0: Who's the career. first bloke you'd pick in a team if you had to pick the first one? At the moment, yeah. Dusty Martin.
1: <laughs> 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 he's a, he, he's uh, he's an amazing player, that boy. And of course, there again, in the two of the other guys in the book, they circled Dusty Martin, Ron Barassi, and John Nichols. Who they all live within a torpedo kick of each other between Castlemaine and Mariborough. Yeah. Barassi. Martin, and so it's got all these little connections. But anyway, I like uh, I like doing that sort of stuff. So who would be your first picked? I'd say my answer. To, um, I'll probably pick Lee Matthews. He's a killer. He's one of the best, ruthless champions And look, be out of him and Kerry. Uh, uh, probably him and um, Apple, because Apple he wasn't the nicest guy on a forty-five. Oh, absolutely he took not. a few out. <laughs> But he did actually—that's smart, you know. He did. So, isn't it amazing? You're considering all these legendary people you got. You could consider Carey, Ablett, and Matthews, and and they're not—I mean, they're not sort of lovely, fair players, are they? Even none of them won the Brownlow, did they? No. Yeah. Well, there you go.
0: James Heard is one that obviously is is someone you've had a, a very good association with. and Coach every game. <laughs> um, you talked to him about the dark place he, he, he was in at one stage?
1: Yeah, well, I think we, we, we need to work through... As soon as James got, started to get well, I, I took him on a road show for a bit. We went out and did some shows around Australia, a couple of them, Darwin and Perth. and we, I mean, he's packed audiences, and he was fantastic. And he had the audience deeply involved in the discussion, if you were me, how would you have gone through this? And he answered the, the questions fantastically well. And, you know, of all the persons that I ever coached, you would never think that James would ever wish to want to take his life. Mm. So it can affect you. And um, obviously um, when the world's coming at you at 100 miles an hour and you you and your heart feel that, you know, I haven't done something terribly wrong here, but I'm getting the blame for everything. So, uh, I mean, no one else felt that other than James Heard out of everybody. But he, look, he was terrific and then um, you need to talk to people to get it out of them, to, to share with the public before the public don't always know the truth.
0: Where do you see us in that realm at the moment, in that mental health area where we're obviously players are struggling and, and the game's struggling to, to handle it?
1: Well, see, I never grew up with... Um, with uh, Facebook and all the other sort of mod cons that young people love to get involved Hallelujah in. Hallelujah
0: for that, says yeah. all of us. Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> that's, uh, that never worried me at all. I mean, look, I mean, and I, of course, you know, most of my life I got booed anyway, so <laughs> I, booing never worried me. I thought it was a, a term of endearment that yeah, I was yeah. happy that I annoyed the other people, you yeah. know. So so I think, you know, when I, I actually saw uh, the documentary on um, Adam Goods and I thought, gee, that was draining. I thought that was, you know... I mean, I don't think Adam would be in the happiest place of his life at the moment. And I think that, that he's been pretty unfairly sort of dealt with from that point of view. So just talking about those sorts of herds and, and I mean, even Lee Matthews, you know, look, when you look at Lee Matthews, he got he got delisted as well as, so they've all gone through some pretty crappy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then Adam, obviously, is probably, you know, frustrated and annoyed at the end of his career that, you know, just people kept booing for the sake of booing and become contagious and... Obviously, a lot of rednecks really started crashing him in the press. And then, of course, um, then you get up as Australia of the year and, and you want to look at rechanging Australia Day. That was very, very awkwardly put for him. I thought he'd be able to handle that a little bit better and a little bit different with his, you know, wordology. If you want to make it that common, I thought, if you know, if you just want to celebrate Australia Day, could you consider reflecting on what happened to my people's before um, the mm. British come to start Australia and colonise the nation. And it's, I think it's the way you go about things that may not have sort of, you know, it didn't help. I may be wrong here, but, you know, that's if I was sitting there with Adam, that's what I'll be chatting to him and his friends and people you, and loved ones.
0: You mentioned in the book how much the game's changed in the last 10 years. <laughs> it's changed enormously in the last 10 years, both off the field and on the field.
1: Yes, well, on the field, I mean... The most ridiculous thing I ever see is kick a goal and get off the ground. You know, most of the fans I ever talk to when I'm out in the uh, out in the Australian audience, when I do do a lot of shows, uh, that's the one thing I really don't like. They hate it. You know, kick a goal and get off the ground is not what we pay for, really. And I think that the AFL gradually bringing the rotations down, I agree with Kevin Butler totally on this, uh, bring them down to where you don't have to do that. Because mm. Lockett's the only winner here. He'll never get beaten. I'll <laughs> never kick over, you know. Like the last thousand goals might be kicked next year, just about nearly.
0: Well, you'd have you'd have running running off the ground a hell of a lot, and that's not going to happen. Well, well, they the... won't come off. No, yeah.
1: no. Can imagine Kerry, imagine Kerry, uh coming off the ground at um, North Melbourne, whatever happened to Pagan's paddock then? <laughs> so, you know, I just don't, to me, I don't, I don't think that that's a good ideal for footy. Um, and of course, uh, you know, it comes from the sports science area and I'd, I'd definitely look at that if I was the yeah. Is
0: there enough gut feel involved in today's footy? I mean, Alistair Clarkson's in the book as a, as an icon and he most well, he, certainly is. Oh, he's, a, he's probably. Is, just, is he still a gut feel
1: coach for you? Is he, yeah, do you see good, that in him? Yeah, He's well planned, but he's still got gut feel in, in the in the course of uh, building his team. So, you know, you and he'll get players from other clubs and, and, and develop them and make them better. I mean, their recruiting's been excellent. You know, they they want a Ruckman, they go and get a Ruckman who's a mm. first-round pick normally, Hale or McAvoy and those sort of boys and just get about 80 or 90 games at other clubs and trade out their picks or whatever. And So he's been very, very alert and smart in that area because how do you keep a team together for so long? And obviously... And me probably won't want to stay in the footy coaching for 27 years and, and that sort <laughs> of thing. Not many but people do, Ken. Yeah, I know that. No. <laughs> the idea of Icons book is that to let everybody know that anybody from anywhere in this country can make it. Anybody from anywhere can make it. And Buddy yeah. Buddy Franklin's from uh, Dowran. There's probably 480 people in Dowran in the middle of the wheat belt in West Australia. You know, and you, you know. When I get involved in a series of these iconic books, I hope people don't want to put them down.
0: I oh, know. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's an easy read, though. It's not well, a difficult you can, read. because you
1: can read about three people's yeah. lives and then put it down and yep. go to sleep. <laughs> yes. And then you, you wake up the next day and you're that busy. Oh, oh, I want to go back and have a look at the – I haven't read um, – uh, Checker Hughes yeah, or check, – Well, yeah. Checker Hughes. I mean, Interrupted by Two World Wars, Five Premises. Yep. Yep. Oh, and he play, the only reason he's in the book is he coached one game in my lifetime when Norm Smith got sacked. So this is about people that, since in I've your been lifetime, up, yeah, 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 absolutely. But he's the freaky story in the book. Lost about four at Richmond and won most at Melbourne, played at Richmond. Yeah. Two premierships. So he's, he's an amazing career. He's like Tuck.
0: Uh, well, they're all amazing careers. There's there's no one in the book who shouldn't be in the book.
1: No, that's Internally for There's no one sure. in the
0: book who you have to kind of go. Or oh, why is he in there? There's yeah. no there's no yeah. sort of second guessing on. on no, that sort well, of because
1: stuff. In, in the second guessing. Well, we'll beer, but I want to do a series and get them spaced and placed. Mm. Eventually, because um, it'll be a nice series of two or three books, you know. And,
0: is and, footy? Are you going to stop at footy? You're going to have a look no, at some other no, sports no. I've, written, I've got, written
1: a byline for the the one after that series. Because I think, uh, uh, to me, it's it's they're written. Then mm. and my 500 club coaching book is one of the best books ever in footy, or oh, Warwick Hafield and myself did. Mm. And, and when people say they go, where did you get all this from? Oh, it took a long time, but it's a beautiful big gold book. And, uh, I mean, that sold out just so quickly, you know. That's
0: the other thing about this book. It's a beautiful book. Yeah. It's a lovely yeah. book.
1: In, in fairness to affirm, firm a beautiful presentation. Yeah, no,
0: it is really, really impressive. Very mm. impressive. It's not
1: overloaded. It's, it's, it's brisk. It's, uh, it's It's got pointed views. Uh, but, yeah, you put it on your bookshelf at home. You'll say, no, I'm going to go back and have a look at that. Or give it to a friend and let him have a look. That's what sort of thing. Yeah. I, I like that, you know. And, I mean, I know Tommy Hafey used to give me books as a uh, player mm. to to really nearly re-educate myself about you know wonderful people in life and then I end up with 50 to 100 and all of a sudden now I've got thousands yeah there. I was gonna say yeah. hey, and don't hey, even go this is Avey's fault you're as you've had the cheek to call me a back pocket plumber you're a,
0: you're as big a reader as you are a writer aren't yeah. you
1: yeah well you have to oh you've got you've got to write and then price it down to what are the po- points that people wow I didn't know that or cheer that's incredible. I didn't know that happened. I mean, Michael Tuck never won a best and first at Hawthorne. Which is quite amazing. Oh, <laughs> you would have thought Lee might have said, look, have one of mine. <laughs> Lee well, Matthews. He wins seven or eight. Eight. Yeah. <laughs> and Michael, Michael's uh, probably it up six, to, six times maybe to Lee. I wouldn't have a clue. I don't yeah. know the exact number because they don't let those out.
0: Where next? What, what what are you working on at the moment? Because you your mind's clicking over all the time. There's always something going on. Are you in the middle well, of writing another one? Yeah, I am.
1: You know, I've, I've written two areas I want to I put down. Probably the, there's going to be a, a big one. That's going to be – I've got to be very careful this one because I can't get it wrong. And the ad, only thing I can say is that it's in my lifetime. Yeah. So I can't – write about Bradman or you know because he's not in my lifetime yeah so all of those sort of things you've got to take into consideration because you're writing about other people's views because that's where you can read because you never saw him with your own sight
0: yeah I want to ask you about the horse racing because you're obviously a very passionate horse racing person yeah. and we're sitting in the the racing station uh have you still got horses running I, around
1: I've got a couple of horses um, I've got a, a Moshe and a Fiorento and Fiorento so fast ones or slow ones One's won a couple and the other one hasn't raced yet. Okay. And that's a Fiorante and um, a beautiful looking horse. Uh, Fiorante won the Melbourne Cup. I like the the uh, breeding of Monson uh, and Stays. He won three Melbourne Cups as a sire in the last seven years, four or eight years. Then he comes second and third with the Max Dynamite. Yep. So his breeding in Melbourne Cups has probably been the best of any stay in, in my lifetime three in uh, a second and a third in uh, the last eight years, Monsoon.
0: So you've got a passion for racing. Does it, does it match well, your passion for footy? Or? No,
1: no, football's number one. Racing is, uh, and gardening are the others, and books. We just um, yeah, we just keep looking after grandkids and have a bit of a look at yeah. Australia. So we're all hitting a tassie uh, over the January, a bit of fun. Can you see a day when you won't be involved in footy? No, no, that won't happen. You um, sort of like to there to help. Guide some ideas along the way and, and just, you know, when every now and then some people the head office or the commissioners want to have a chat to you about, you know, how do you see it. But when you get out there and get around and fly around Australia a hell of a lot, the your cl- the your people are your fans. That, that's, yeah. your cl- that's your – actually the game. But that's club. always when you'll go. Yeah. Well, always it, it's always when you It's about people. Yeah. It's about people. And people – and I always ask the audience questions. Have we got any information I can pass back to head office? Wow, well, mate. That's, about, <laughs> that's, a ten, that's a 10 minute session yeah, exactly. for a start. I mean, we, we, I won't get home that night. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and tell them about this, Kevin. She's what about that? And it would be very, um, yeah, no, no, it's there and it's good and it's fun.
0: What are people saying to you about the state of the game? And do you agree with what people are saying? Because the people of your vintage and my vintage, uh, a lot of them don't like the modern game. Or well, don't see it the same, or don't have the same engagement with it that they had with it in, in when you were playing and when Bartlett was playing and when.
1: Well, it's a different game, obviously. Um, you know, first of all, uh, there was uh, less packs, um, so they feel that like there's a bit of. Uh, rugby's come into our game mm. a little bit, and there's a little bit of soccer with a kicking backwards, so they don't like that necessarily. Yeah. Uh, less scores, which are annoying. Um, uh, standing shots are down, and. One improvement is great angle shooting for goals. Mm. So, um, so there are some improvements in some areas, but minus a couple in others. Great crowd still. I love the game. I love their club. The thing of it, the, the thing that I reckon that happens is the people love the clubs. When recently gone on for thirty-seven years without a premiership and end up with a hundred thousand people uh, as members. That's incredible. Yeah, incredible. And, and of course, you know, nowhere in the world have we have got ten. Professional clubs in one competition, um, trying to earn 100 million a year. That's a billion a year for Melbourne clubs. Yeah. Well, it's nine plus still, obviously. So that's a huge um, landscape when you look at world sport. And we have, I often have many international people come and say, How does this happen in one city? Because we're well, not no, a world sport. No, no, we're, yeah, no, we're just a national sport. And uh, the crowds we get for a national sport would uh, be incredibly matching other sports. Oh, in the absolutely. World. Yeah. And uh, people don't realise that here in Australia. You know, I mean, they build a the stand- a grandstands in Perth and a new stadium and they pack it out every time. Yeah. And one of the biggest problems in Perth when I used to go to West Australia was that, um, and I foolishly So now, what are your problems about our game? Hands up. Man, we can't get in the stadium. Mm-hmm. That was Super Echo. Because it was 000, 33 at best. Now they've got sixty <laughs> thousand.
0: You still can't get in.
1: Exactly <laughs> right. So they can go up. So the difficult difficulty of that is just listen to your people, and they're telling you what they need, or what they would like to get. I mean, obviously, some of them comments aren't always correct and can be unfair. But whilst the game has some areas of difficulty, they're still packing them in, which is quite amazing. GWS. Exciting, yeah, yeah. I thought they were about the fifth best team last year. and got to a grand final. That's hard for me to tell them, you know, David Matthews and obviously Tony Sheppard that. But gee, they've only been in two grand finals in eight years. Yeah, uh, beaten by a kick by Footscray Bulldogs. Um, that's a damn good effort, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it you is. Know, eight, not, they haven't even played two hundred games yet. You know? Yeah, <laughs> the club has not played two hundred games. They're only in two grand finals in the first eight years. That is. A remarkable performance by any sports clubs mm. ever in, in the history of this, probably not only in the history of the world. Your
0: role is kind of uh, almost like a the matriarch of of footy in terms of with GWS and your, your ties world, to yeah. Richmond and your ties to Essendon yeah. and all that. Does that become hard to juggle sometimes? No, have you no, always no. got
1: clarity about where that all sits. Not when you've got a wife, daughters and sons and grandkids. No, <laughs> you, you got to keep a balance right across the whole spectrum and your great mates and friends. So um I, I've got no problems with all of that. It's just, it's a common sense issue and, you know, it wasn't, a subject at school, as I often write, you know. How do you Is get... there enough common sense in no, footy? No, not enough common sense in life, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. I mean, I don't, you, would think, you would not think Tomic and Kyrgios would learn from Ash party on how to create a career, would you? Yeah. But that would be common sense. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, so when you get away from footy and writing the books and doing all that stuff, and you mentioned the garden. The uh, so do you, do you just potter around in the garden and just No, I'm
1: in the garden. Yeah, the garden's good for me.
0: With a bit of music on in the background, or just a bit of silence. Where, where do you silence. go? Where's the cone of silence?
1: Uh, garden. Yeah, there's some birds, and they just um, and just just see what you haven't done and what you need to clean up. And God, I never thought of that. And that tree's in the wrong spot for sure. Otherwise, I'll kill it. And <laughs> you know, it's it's good, but because it makes you think about nature, yeah, as well as you know, life um, with family and friends, and you know that might have a job. I don't work. I just believe what I do is what you love. You don't work? Well, I don't. I love, I love what I do. <laughs> no, but I don't find like you've got to be there and I've got to do this. I mean, the Essendon Footy Cup's been fantastic for me. Yeah. Can we get there? Can you do this? Can we get you over here? I'm only a cup two or three days a week, but you know, I'll sort that out. Mm. You know, we've got to build the next section of the club which has start already out at Tullamarine, um, mm. uh, with the museum and, and, the, and the AFLW. Um, I'm planning here. We've got our 150th year coming up very shortly and um, we're building towards that so yeah. probably what do you think and I think well, I think don't go there go down that highway it might be better, quicker, smarter but you won't get the result at the end always but mm-hmm. it might be the best thing to do for your people What's your thoughts on women's football where it sits at the moment? I think women's footing can be extremely exciting depending on how we approach it with our attitude and it's great to see an AFL coach now go to coach in AFL women's mm. right, former Bulldogs uh, coach and I think that's good. I think that you you must keep the standard always lifting to what we would love to see and that is women really playing great footy, particularly in the skill area. Yep. So when a woman would run out of player the scraps at one touch, out in front, flicks out a handball, left to right hand, hits the target, goal, bang, then the men will change their mind and say, not all men, but some that mm. some that are not convinced yet. See, no one's got the capacity to go back and think, what was, what was men's footy like in the first three or five years when it started in 1858? Yeah. Would have been... Rubbish. <laughs> so can, it's just bad luck we mean. don't have... I reckon the women are definitely ahead of men after five years Yeah. if you'll probably reconsider it and look at it that
0: way. Yeah. And you mentioned in the book you had a lovely photo of Erin Phillips in the book yeah. and mentioned the connection there with, with her dad, obviously, oh, and yeah, what man. that is going to lead to. We've just seen Chris Grant's daughter be drafted. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're going to see that. There's so, a
1: new flow. Yeah. yeah and they, look, it's the greatest... Um, up north in Sydney and uh, Brisbane, this is a huge movement in our game, quicker than you would know. You yeah. Know. Oh yeah. And I think, and also around Victoria and Australia, but I think that um, AFL women's footy has grown quicker in Sydney. Obviously, the men's. Okay. If you look back in the last five, so years, it may the, the I,
0: tail may actually wag the I, dog. I've got if you no want to put doubt it that, that way. that's
1: going to be a huge growth for okay. for um, our game north of the Murray River. By by street by a mile.
0: Yeah, what are the threats to the to the modern game at the moment? Do, do you see any? Oh, other codes obviously aren't.
1: Um, no, well, soccer will always be there. But the great thing about AFL soccer is is technically that um, we can tackle and hit bodies and kick more goals and all that. Soccer's yep. an extreme I mean, like I oh, watch it, you know. 1,000 uh, of the greatest goals on the, on the Virgin not long ago. And see, that messy. I mean, he's an unbelievable oh, yeah, player. You good. know, and when you look at some of the great soccer players and how they can work their feet and, and create great angles, that's unbelievable. Mm. Uh, the difference is in, in AFL is that we, we're getting tackled while we're doing it. We're getting mm. smashed. And, you know, I mean, Abel is, that's why he's a freak. He kicked goals and not many people could. Yeah. And, and so – and then the Aboriginal bring a flavour into our game – um, the last 30 years, say uh, approximately, and more so than cable and farmer, like, they were hello, um, and then all of a sudden, whack, you know. And, and to me, yeah, our game's grown because of them.
0: Oh, no doubt. Yeah, so you mentioned Wanganine yeah, before yeah, and I think in my head, oh, I can roll you're a tape in my head of how it, good he was yeah. and Burgoyne, yeah, yeah, all and of them. Nicky
1: Wimar, these boys. Yeah. So Michael Long. So when you, when you think about it all, um, our game just, you know, is really moving that quick that the next introduction is already here mm. and there are internationals coming in for our, our game with, um, with our immigration. Immigration is extremely important for our game. Mm. because once upon a time it was Smith-Harrison-Brown Smith, and all of a sudden a, a name called Barassi and Silvani popped up. We said, what, what, what's going on here? Yeah. And this is the late 50s, early 60s. Yeah. And now, of course, you've got magic doors and you've got anybody from anywhere can come and play a game as they hit the shores of Australia. Yeah. Um, challenging that, obviously, is, um, you know, I think we should play a, a few more games overseas. Other people would be very concerned about that, but I'm not. You know, we've got to make sure that uh, – I mean, who would have thought when well, we went from VFL to AFL that you'd end up with 18 clubs, the whole different landscape of the stadium is would have changed in the next 30 years. Yeah, no, no. And so who's got the capacity to see the next 30 years ahead right now? And who would ever think that you'd play for four points in a stadium in California after the Olympics in, in Los Angeles are coming up again? if you had a stadium over there, and the whole of Australia put the AIS there and said that's our training camp for all sports in this nation, football codes included. And if you have that imagination, this is where you've got to go to for mm. the next 30 years.
0: Danny, the purists would say that every version that we try and sell to the overseas people, we, we, we bastardise our game to make it look what we think they will like, as opposed to the AFLX being the obvious for young people and for overseas people, yeah, but this is how we'll introduce them to the Yeah, first Yeah, of course, yeah.
1: that's just the first hello. There are ebbs and flows in different sports uh, that I think of. And, um, I mean, you know, Tom Wills took an Aboriginal tend to play cricket in the 1860s. But mm. It hasn't been one back since, so mm. you can ebb and flow anything. It will stop it, if you like. But to me, when you look at um, where we've got to take a game, I'm really pleased that um, Koshy's got that game up in Shanghai. I'm to, I'll probably go there this year, mm. next year, I should say. Definitely, would like to see California involved with AFL in the next ten years, easily. Yep, and we should.
0: The Icons of Footy is the name of the book. It's uh, it's got perfect Christmas gift written all over it. <laughs> of course, I would is. have thought.
1: <laughs> it's the best time of
0: And it's got the biggest icon of football's name on the front cover, and I'm not talking about Ablett or Barassi. I'm talking about Sheedy. Yeah. It's been. Well, absolute... he's not in it. <laughs> I know, but you're,
1: you're, you're, certain, you're in it, all right. There's no doubt you're in it. Kevin Murray's in it, and I, I love Kevin Murray, and he was one of the best people. Still on wears the... his brown medal yeah, around his my neck. My word, he did. We went and interviewed him up at and He was just a beautiful person. He is. Uh, he's a great, um, a great icon. Uh, went over to Perth, come back and won a brownie at thirty-two or yep. three. Yep. Uh He and, and did well in Western Australia. No one would leave in those days VFL. No one had. The courage to leave and come back, particularly over 30 and mm. wins the Brownlow. So it's just good to get an insight into how he feels about the game and life. And um, and Cable, you know, the shortest legend in the AFL, you know, what's he, what, about 174 centimetres. Yeah. So, so kids that are small couldn't believe that they can make it, you know. Everyone thinks you've got to be tall and, and that. But, you know, like Eddie Betts is going to kick his 600th goal. Yep. You know, like that small he's, he will be the smallest person ever to kick 600 goals and Buddy's heading for a thousand that's <laughs> the what the middle, book's about
0: in the middle of all that is, uh, is a bloke you thought would be snapped in half by the name of Bartlett who finished up playing over 400 games and when you first saw him you thought they might have broken well, him at some stage he's such a skinny uh, kid
1: well the, the, it's amazing but skinny people play the most games Fletcher
0: Tuck mm, <laughs> okay. yeah it's amazing and fat people people. <laughs> and on that note Kevin Cheedy, thank you very much it please. pleasure. Thank
1: you. Sorry.